0: You know, we gather tonight to celebrate that Jesus has come as our King, and uh, I want to take a second to reflect that and um, how that should impact our lives. We're going to continue singing and celebrating, but we thought early on, let us reflect the scriptures uh, so that as we sing, we can sing it with um, that intention in our hearts. Amen. As we see uh, that, will, that which was just read uh, in Luke chapter 2 verse 8, it says that the, the shepherds were living out in the fields in the same region, and they were keeping watch of their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is a, a, for born today in the city of David, a savior, Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby, a baby. When it says you'll, today was born Christ, the Lord, and the next words being, you'll find a baby. This isn't something that these shepherds who are Hebrew, they're Jewish people, you know they know the scriptures they're long awaiting a savior but you can read the old testament and miss how God had planned to do it because it's too wild you know we celebrate uh uh movies coming out that uh you know these big movies and you know marvel movies these hero movies didn't, didn't one just come out spider-man right, who went and saw it let me see let me see the hands four of you okay this one must not have done very well where you're all lying, one or the other. So, you know, we celebrate these movies. It's like these superhero, there's something about superhero movies that we love. They're, you know, it's like too good to be true. That um, we tell these stories and, uh, you know, they start like once upon a time, right? And we read this story and it can sound like it's just too good to be true that God would come be born as a baby from a virgin he would grow up never sin die a criminal's death on a cross and on the third day beat death just psych and come back to life spend 40 days with his disciples them seeing him alive, risen. Him telling them about the kingdom and then just supermanning. It says he just ascended into heaven in front of their eyes. Just supermaned up into the heavens. And then he says, wait, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Ten days later, they're praying in an upper room and the Spirit of God descends upon 120 of them And fills it said they saw flames of fire resting upon them as God is seen in the scriptures as a consuming fire and the fire of God comes and rests upon them these men are now endowed with power and they go about healing the sick and proclaiming Jesus Christ to the world we can we can read this and we're like that's you know that's that's a nice story that's really nice I like that story You know we like stories like this we pay all this money to go and watch movies with stories like this but this isn't it can feel like one of those stories but this one is rooted in history this story didn't start as once upon a time this story started with it came to pass that a decree went out in the time of caesar augustus it's rooted and grounded in our history. These are events that took place. I shared this last Sunday that we have more evidence for Jesus being born, living, dying, raising, and ascending than we have of any other event in history. There's more evidence for it. More evidence that Caesar Augustus lived. <laughs> Not just because the disciples wrote about it, No historians that aren't even believers wrote about it. The same historians that are just recording events in their day. That was a job, to record events, decrees and different things. And you would be a historian, you would record history and you would write it down, that would be your job. And it would be spread out throughout the world and you're like a a news anchor. And we have these writings from non-believers about Jesus of Nazareth this man who never went more than 200 miles from his home who changed the whole world so we don't celebrate just a nice story we celebrate historical events that these men were caught off guard by Christ meaning the anointed one which through the Old Testament referred to a savior. Why a savior? The Bible begins that God created a good heaven and a good earth and in this good earth he chose to live. He had a space on earth with man. Yahweh is his name. It means the existing one. We would say I am. Moses asked when they they said he said, go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go and go to Israel and tell them I'm, I'm going to deliver them. He says, who should I say sent me? And he says, tell them Yahweh has sent you. Tell them I am or the existing one. This term is a term for the most high God, the only non created being in the whole universe. This is his role, his position. And he chose a people. How come? Genesis chapter 3 tells us that God had 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 invited his creation, those made in his likeness, into fellowship with him, Adam and Eve. And in this place we call Eden, it means delight. I love that. The Garden of Eden means delight. God had a place of delight with man. He delighted with them and they delighted in him. And spirit based in a place called the light. It's beautiful. And in this space, there was a tree, a tree of life that they were to eat from that if they ate from, they would never die. And there was other trees that they were allowed to eat from and there was one tree they weren't, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in this garden, we think, why is that tree there? Why wouldn't God just not have that tree there? And for God, he's like, there has to be choice. I delight in you, but I want you to be free to delight in me. It's all choice. God has created this whole thing and he gives us choice. And the image in the Hebrew scriptures is that God is life. There was nothing. And then the one who is the existing one, the living one, the one who is the source of all life, breathes out the cosmos, the stars, the sun, the moon, the earth, waters, animals, humans. He speaks them into existence, and there's life because of him. And he says, if you do this, you'll live. If you do this, you'll die. Not that he wants them to die. He's saying, don't do this, because if you do, you'll die. You know, growing growing up, we lived in Tacoma, and we moved to a place called Olala. If you don't know it, it's fine. You're not missing anything. It's the ends of the earth, that's what it is, okay? okay. <laughs> it is when you're from Tacoma. So <laughs> the land of many berries. So we 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 move to this 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 place and as we move to this place away from everything that that I that I know and that I understand. I find myself, you know, middle child of 11, what are we doing in this, this place, oh Lala? And um, the, the, the imagery in the scriptures as they leave, they leave the garden because they chose to go their own way, is that they chose to go the way to leave. To leave God is to leave life. To leave God is to leave life. And so they, they have now darkness, and the image of scriptures that God is light, in him there is no darkness. So they choose to leave him. And they choose to leave light and life to go their own way. I remember moving to Olala. it seemed like the darkest place on earth. There's no, there's no, la- there's no like street lights or nothing, so dark. Like, what is this place? You couldn't see your hand at night in front of you. You couldn't find your way. My parents decided to buy 20 acres on a hill in the valley, you know? You couldn't go, you couldn't, you couldn't go without light because you would trip over stuff. You needed light. You can't find your way. And Adam and Eve go out into this undeveloped world. Without light. And when they made that decision, really the decision they made was to determine good and evil on their own terms. Because God is truth. And they said, Now nah, we'll determine what's true or what's not true. And we just see this oh, the whole testament is filled with people killing each other. Just death. Some people read the Old Testament and they're like, Why so much death? It's just history. It's just life apart from God. But in Genesis 3, right after Adam and Eve choose to sin, the scriptures say, God says, I'm going to send one from the woman. One is going to come from the woman who's going to crush the head of the serpent, the one who deceived Adam and Eve. This symbol of evil. And so they're waiting for one from the woman. And the scriptures begin to call him the anointed one, the one that God would anoint with his spirit, give him power to conquer evil. God says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, that all nations will be blessed through you. Then he blesses Judah, Abraham's grand, great grandson, and he says that he's going to be blessed, and upon him, there will be a kingdom. The king is going to come from Judah. And Moses sees him, he says, I see this king coming. I see a scepter in his hand, but I don't see him near. I see him far off. I see a star rising from Jacob. And we wondered, there's a star on the night that Jesus is born, guiding the way of these wise men to the king of kings, this king from the line of Judah. So God is telling this story from the beginning of the scriptures. It's what the entire Bible is about. Man has rebelled and decided to leave the presence of delight, the presence of God. And death has, has come to man. So they begin to, to whisper about the king who would come. So then when David is anointed king, we, 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 we see this, this boy kill a giant. We're like, that's awesome. We, he's from what line? Oh, he's from Judah. I wonder if he's the king and then David sleeps with one of his best friend's wives kills his best friend one of his best friends this is one of his mighty men Uriah is one of his mighty men one of the very few people who were with him in the wilderness fighting for him to protect him from Saul who was trying to kill him this is one of his best friends he sees one of his best friend's wives while she's showering He's on his rooftop and he sees her, and he asks for her to come to him. And he sleeps with, her. gets her pregnant. To cover it up, he kills Uriah, his one of his good friends. And in, this is recorded in the scriptures. And we go, well, I don't think he's the one. I don't think he's the guy. I don't think he's the one that God's going to send to save the world because he went the way of sin. So then the scriptures begin to feel like they're losing hope because David has a son from that woman. His name's Solomon. Solomon has a son, and the, the nation's destroyed, falls apart. It's ripped into two different nations, and then every king after is more wicked than the one before. Glimmers of hope, but Israel has waited so long for the Savior, this one who would come. And then one night, an angel shows up to shepherds and says, I have good news today in the city of David. Because God said to David, yes, you messed up here, but you were a man after my heart. Yes, you messed up, but you repented and you turned back to me. I'm going to send a savior through your line, not just through David's line, through your line. And he would sit on the throne I give him Forever, how can a man sit on a throne forever? Ponder that. How can a human sit on a throne forever? Right, because the death rate sitting at about a hundred percent right now. So, how can a man sit on a throne forever? Israel's reading the scriptures like, Man, he really exaggerates a lot. <laughs> Seems like God is using hyperbole, he's exaggerating. And then the one from the woman who would crush the serpent. Today, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all men. Savior. Christ, the anointed one. The Lord, Yahweh, has been born today. Isaiah chapter 9 says that the light has shined on those who sit in darkness. This light is the solution to the darkness. It brings life. He says, the light will come through a baby who will be born, who will be given to us. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are all titles for God, but given to a baby. That was 700 years before Jesus was born. Tonight, a Savior has been born. Christ, the Lord. What this means to the Hebrew people is that Yahweh chose to leave heaven and be born. Not in a palace. You'll find him swaddled in a manger. You'll find him where the animals are. God left heaven and he didn't come in gold and in a palace. He humbled himself to the lowest state To the state to where we could say he can relate to us. He chose the lowest position anyone would ever know. Many people have been born and become king but no one left kingship to be born a baby. This is the only one. So he does this unthinkable thing. He leaves eternity to step into time. Leaves divinity and puts on flesh. This is the most vulnerable state, our state, but all for a purpose. This is what we celebrate, not just that he was born, but why he was born. John sees him, John the Baptist sees him. He says, the lamb of God, who will take away the sins of the world. A lamb? (laughs) But isn't he from the line of Judah? which Judah's sign is a lion. I thought he was going to be a lion. I think David told me that Tom, his son, is going to be in the thing tonight. He's one of the the lambs. He says, Dad, I'm not a lamb. I'm a lion. Nice. He's a tom. That's right. So he's like, I'm not a lamb. I'm a lion. We're expecting a lion. And John sees him and says, the lamb. Because in the Old Testament, the priests would sacrifice a lamb, a goat or a lamb that would the blood representing the life being taken for another. And it's a symbol of washing away our sins. Sin leads to death. It's a substitute. It's an imagery of a substitute. Someone's taking the place for another. This one deserves death, but this one will die in their place. That's the imagery. And Jesus is pointed to by by a prophet John the Baptist and he says the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world we celebrate tonight is God's gift to humanity I spoke about it a couple weeks ago if you don't recognize your need for a gift certain gifts can be offensive and I use the imagery that if Randy were to give me a gift and I open the gift and it's it's you know, a, diet, a dieting book, how to lose weight. If I don't think I need to lose weight, I'm offended. You know what I mean? I'm like, thanks Randy. <laughs> if his wife Emily gives me a gift, so I'm putting his aside like, okay, that's kind of weird. And that open Emily's gift, and in Emily's gift, it's how to overcome pride. I'm like, wow, interesting. <laughs> See, if I, if I don't recognize my need to lose weight or overcome pride, those gifts are offensive. So God gives a gift to humanity as a savior. But the gift can be offensive if you don't think you need to be saved. The gift will either be, or you just overlook it. I'm like, oh, thanks. I just overlook it. If Jared, where's Jared? If Dylan, there I see Dylan. If Dylan gives me a life raft but I'm on land I'm like sweet awesome, thanks for the life raft but if we're like in the ocean and I'm swimming and I'm tired and I'm like I don't know if I could do this much longer Dylan's like, good news (laughs) life raft I'm like (laughs) you've saved us and I'd be overwhelmed with joy. See, the gift that God gives brings good news that will bring great joy, but really only to those who realize they need a Savior. If you don't think you need saving, then it's just a holiday. But if you recognize that you're a sinner, that you've gone the same way as every human that was born before you except Christ, Jesus, that you've sinned, And The Bible says the wages of sin is death. If you sin even one time, the consequence is death. Not just one death, the first death. The Bible says there's a second death, it's an eternal death. That He breathed life into us. So when we sin, there's a part of us that will never die, it will live somewhere. And the Bible says that it will live in a place called the lake of fire. Absent of his presence. It's called the second death. That's terrible. And God goes, yeah, that's terrible. Some people go, how can a good God send us there? No, he didn't, no. He didn't, he didn't, he's not, he's, he sent his son. God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus says, I did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. I've come to give you life and it more abundantly. He's come to give a gift. It's himself. He is life. He comes to give life to humanity. And the only ones that get the lake of fire are those who choose to say, no, I don't need your life. I have life. We deny our need for it. And he says, okay, have it your way. And it's a place that's absence absent of him. He's not wanting to send anyone there. He has done the most audacious thing ever. Left heaven, became man, died in our place on a criminal's cross, rose from the dead, conquering it, proving that he is God. And then he says to all of humanity, any who believe, I'll give you life. Follow me. Because he says he is the way, the truth, and the life that none come to the Father but by him. So what we celebrate tonight is the gift that God gave to humanity, himself. And in himself, the forgiveness of sin and life eternal. This is good news. (laughs) I know it is for me. Because I know that I needed saving that at 19 years old I was robbing people there's people in this room trying to find them (laughs) Mike and Mindy I was trying to rob them they don't even know that maybe maybe they do no I was I was going to go rob a drug dealer but I needed guns someone I knew was dating his daughter he said we can go get guns from him we'll just take his guns that's a true story I had hurt several people to the point where I was having nightmares, seeing them in my dreams, them bleeding out. I couldn't sleep anymore. I was being tormented. And I prayed, I said, God, I don't want to be this person. Help. Help. I don't want to be this person. Help. And in that middle of that time of calling out, I met a sweet girl. She invited me to church, and I said, yeah, I'll go to church. I, I take my sign, right? <laughs> so calling out, and then I meet someone. I don't hang out with people who go to church, so then when you meet someone who says, come to church, I'm like, okay. And I went to church. Instead of finding what I thought I would find, which is like a musty building with kind of like good two-shoe people, because everything I had on was stolen. I found God. Three weeks in, I had bowed my head and I whispered, Jesus, and he showed up. I had no idea that this God was real, he was alive, and he says, to all who call upon his name shall be saved. I whispered his name and I felt the presence of a living God come and fill me. I received that day the gift that God gave humanity. I went home and I told my friends, and they're like, oh, dude, that girl has messed with your head. I said, it's worse. I'm in love with a the man. They're they like, get out of here. Are you kidding me? I said, I'm in love with Jesus. They're like, even worse. They're like, oh, great. We lost him. We lost him forever. They started calling me Pastor Tom right away. Prophesied it. But I lost pretty much everything. All my friends, my family, they didn't want anything to do with me. And it was worth it. It was worth it. I had met the solution from the brokenness of my soul. My soul was dark. I had no question about that. I had nightmares. I was sick. I, all these issues. Every, every single issue you can think of, I had it compulsions, all kinds of rage, all of it. My soul was dark and I knew it. But when I whispered his name, it like the darkness fleed, pain fled, depression broke. And I had met the solution for the soul. His name is Jesus. And from that day I've served him. I gave him everything. I am not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I don't care who knows. I don't care if I meet someone they go, you're a Christian. So yeah, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because I didn't read about him and then give my life to someone I read about in a book. I met him. I met him and I gave him my life. God's gift that we celebrate on Christmas is himself. And on that day, I chose to give him myself. Jesus prays in John 17 at the end of his life, right before he would go to the cross to die for your sins and my sins, he prays to the Father. One of the only recorded prayers we actually have of Jesus is, and he says, Father, here's my prayer, that they would be with us where we are and that we would be one. He's giving himself to you, and his prayer is that you would be with him and that we would be one. It's the imagery of a, a married couple. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother, and the two shall become one. It says that they would be so tight, like a, tighter than brothers, you know? Bible talks about a friend that sticks closer than a brother. It's this imagery of just being bound to one another. And I received that. I didn't receive religion. I received God. And it was the remedy for every problem, every pain, and all suffering, all darkness. He was it all. So I want to just make that available to anyone who needs that tonight. There's people in this room who don't think they need it. That's fine. That's all right. (laughs) I'm not going to give you a life raft if you don't think you need a life raft. No, just enjoy the music, the coffee, whatever. Right? The kids will be so cute. Just enjoy that and go home, okay? But there's some here tonight and my story resonates with you. Maybe it's not the same type of stuff, but inside, when you search yourself, it's like you've tried to find life, but it's you can't find it. There's dark, darkness, heaviness, sadness. Even though you can wear a smile and people think, oh, you know, he's doing good. I was 6'2", 220, and like solid, like muscle. I was like, on the outside, people go, wow, yeah. Wore nice stuff because I was stealing it from people, so you know, so you look on the outside, but I was a uh, on the inside death, but not anymore, and I want to offer that to you. Would you just bow your head? If that's you, if that resonated at all with you tonight, Jesus isn't trying to make you earn anything. You can't you can't earn a gift. I don't. This week, as I have prepared to give my kids a gift, I'm not going to then go, well, that was $110.95, and so I'm wondering what you're going to do to earn that. That's not how it works. It's a gift. It's free. The Bible says that Jesus gives himself as a gift. It's free. You just receive it. You don't have to earn this thing. The rest of your life isn't you earning it. That's religion. Faith in Jesus is just... What it means, faith. You just believe. The Bible says to all who believe, He's given them the right to become the children of God. It says you must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. If you do, you shall be saved. So let's just do that across this room. If you believe that, if you want that, it's no more difficult than that. Maybe you don't believe but there's a part of you that wants to believe. I challenge you to pray this prayer. And like me, who had little faith, but I needed a Savior, I just whispered it, and he came. So maybe for you, it's just a whisper. and That's enough. Would you say this with me if that's you? You say, Jesus? Yeah, say it again. Jesus. It's the most powerful name that has ever been given. Say it again. Jesus. This is an invitation for him to come. Say that again. You're just inviting him. Jesus. Jesus, I ask to every person that just said your name, every person who's calling upon you that you'd come now. With your spirit, you'd come that we wouldn't just pray a prayer and there'd be no evidence that anything happened. No, I asked that there would be evidence, the evidence you showed me of your person, your presence, showing up your delight, coming with it. I asked that it would happen again for every person who calls upon your name, that they would be saved. Would you guys say that again? Just say it to a person, not just to the room, to the person, Jesus, you're inviting him say, Jesus, Say it again. (laughs) I feel his presence. Say, I confess, Jesus, that I have sinned. I have gone the way that every other human before me has gone. The way of sin. But I believe that you died as the substitute for that sin and I want to receive that now to receive you as my Savior and to have my sins washed away I give you my life I thank you for giving me yours Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. I just want to see if there's anyone in this room that maybe you've not been following the Lord in this last season of your life, but tonight, that was real. Like The Spirit of God was like, yeah, that, that was for me. Something just got reconnected to the Lord that wasn't connected. Or maybe for, for the first time, that prayer was a first-time prayer. Like it was for me. In that small church, when I whispered his name. If that's you, just lift up your hand. I want to see those hands across this room. Just be bold, just lift up your hand. I see that hand. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I think there's a couple more. Be bold. He said, you will confess me before men. I'll confess you before my father if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Just lift up that hand. If that was you, just be a little bit more bold, kind of put it up in the air. Let me see that hand. Just even extend the elbow. Let me see those hands. Amen. 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 Can I get the ministry team to come forward? I want to ask those people who did to be bold one more time. On the count of three, I just want you to be bold. Just an act of courage. You're going to step up and come up to this team. They're going to pray with you. One, two, three, if that's you, just come forward. We want to pray with you. Just come forward. I saw that. Come forward. Be bold. Be courageous. Come forward. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Go ahead and come forward. I be bold there's a couple more i saw your hands be bold come forward dad go ahead and come forward be bold be bold listen jesus that that courage it takes to come up here sir would you i saw the hand would you be bold would you come up Would you guys celebrate these guys? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you, Jesus. And they're going to be praying with them. But I want to do one more thing for the rest of us before we go back in. We've got to, the kids are going to, Form the Nativity for us, but I want to make sure that as the believers in this room, that you're that this is the best Christmas ever, Amen. Just we would say this prayer to make sure that every person in this room is just doing all doing good with the Lord, Amen. So if you're out there, you're a believer, and you're just right now you're struggling with something, anxiety, depression, maybe you've got sickness coming, something. Kind of affecting you, nightmares, anything like that. If that's you, I just want to pray. You're not going to come forward. You're just going to pray where you are right there, okay? If that's you, because those things just don't belong to the believers, but they they get in. But I want to pray for you. If that's you, you have anything going on in your life right now? You just want to just the Lord to come in to bring peace bring his shalom. The Bible says the baby would be given to us and he would be called the Prince of Peace. Amen. So if you need that, would you just stand up? I want to pray for you. You've got something going on in your life right now and you're like, hey, I'll, I'll receive some peace. I'll receive uh, some of that. Amen. I see that. Amen. 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 If we have any school of ministry students around those who just stood up, I want you to just go lay a hand on them. And the whole room could pray this prayer. You don't have to stand up to pray this prayer. Go ahead and say, Jesus, I believe you're the Prince of Peace. And I ask that right now your peace will come upon my heart and my life. Cover me in your blood and deliver me from anything that's coming against your peace in Jesus' name. So now I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, right now I just pray for each person I command by the power of the Holy Spirit, every power of darkness operating to steal peace to come and bring infirmity, depression, or any of those things. I rebuke you off of the saints, the children of God, and I command you to leave them now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Deliver the peace that Jesus says he gives, that passes understanding right now across this room. Let the peace of Jesus Christ come upon them. Amen. Amen. Hey, little lamb. are they cute or what come on can we give it up one more time for those who just gave their lives to Jesus amen